What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset, your behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. So here we are on episode 58. Last week, I was speaking with Joe Doyle. And we covered Joe's story from starting out as an apprentice bricklayer all the way to today where he's managed to kind of accumulate a portfolio well into the multi-millions and, um, and he's aiming for 100 million. So that was definitely a popular episode and one you're going to get a lot of value out of. So I certainly recommend you go back to episode 57 if you haven't listened to it already. It is online to become one of our most popular episodes to date. Before I introduce this week's guest, I want to plug two things. First of all, my YouTube channel, as always, Gavin J. Gallagher. If you could go in there and uh, just subscribe, watch a couple of the videos, leave some comments, I'd very much appreciate it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Mastermind program. And um, first of all, some updates on that. I am aiming for a launch of that on the 5th of July. So that'll be Monday the first sort of Monday of July. And I've kind of come up, I've come to the decision that I'm going to run this program for 26 weeks. Uh, so it's a full six months with me kind of basically teaching you everything you need to know about the real estate thing, going into a lot of detail. There'll be 26 modules um, that you actually get to watch uh, kind of like a video and the video will take you for a good hour or more into real detail in sort of one aspect of the property market that I think you should know in detail. And then later on that week, you're going to spend an hour and a half to two hours with me on a Zoom call where we go into either stuff, questions that people have about the um, about the module that was given out earlier in the week and then we'll also start doing deal analysis. So this is going to be more appropriate to people who have actually got a couple of deals already done and they're in the process of doing one or they're putting together a deal or whatever it might be but it's probably for a more advanced person and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the actual um, the modules available as a program that you can buy and just watch um, separately. So you have two choices. You can have either the modules, the 26 modules that you can just download and buy and you can kind of binge on them and just watch them whenever you want. Or you can actually do the 26 week program with me where you're working with me on a kind of uh, weekly basis for a couple of hours going over your deal, analyzing your deal, you know, giving uh, advice on how I would go about approaching investors, whatever, finding tenants, all of that kind of detail. So one is just simply kind of download and watch yourself. The other is uh, is the download and watch plus the implementation. So um, it's going to cost more, obviously, because there's far more time involved, but it's probably for somebody who is interested in actually rolling up their sleeves and doing it on a deal. Um, so Let's get into our guest today, shall we? It is Mr. John Penquit from Wales in the UK. Now, John comes from a retail insight and data analysis background. And so he has brought a very different set of skills to the property investment process. And where many of us, including myself, 
have often gone on gut instinct and decided to buy just because you like the feeling of it or whatever. And, and there are others who are more like lemmings and they just follow the crowd and they buy because somebody else did it and somebody else, you know, um, made some money on it. And so, geez, I'll probably do the same. And so they just follow without doing any fundamental analysis. They don't look at the underlying data. They don't do any of that kind of stuff that is very important. Now, this is this kind of data analysis and just kind of getting inside the deal and uh, doing your due diligence, all of that before you've actually bought is super important because it, it'll quieten down all the emotions. And if you are like me and you have that whole gut instinct thing going on, actually having the discipline to sit down and analyze the data is a good thing to do as well because if you do that analysis it'll just mean that you have double you know your gut instinct is telling you yes if the data also says yes then it looks like a great deal but if one is conflicting with the other then you need to kind of dig a little bit deeper before you press the button and buy it'll also give you a lot more confidence in that you're making the right decision and anyone who's starting out in this game will know that the confidence uh, piece is actually very important because a lot of the time you'll sit there not willing to kind of um, make a move, not willing to actually push the button because you're not sure and you're not confident that you're making the right decision. So be sure to check out the show notes today um, because John is giving away his book for free to anyone who clicks on the link and follows through. All you need is to pay him the, uh, the post and packaging coming over from Wales. And so, look, that's it. There's a, there's a couple of other links as well I'm going to put into his website. And he's got a, an online workshop where he shows you how to do the stuff that we're talking about today. So have a look at the links in the show notes for all of that. All right. Without further ado, my conversation with John Penquit. Mr. John Penquit, welcome. Ah, good morning. How are you, Gavin? I'm very good. Thanks, John. Tell us where you're, you're calling in from today. Oh, calling from sunny Wales. Uh, it's one of, one of our small number of sunny days that we have allotted to us in Wales. It's not often sunny, but uh, today it's a bright day, so it's a, I'm in a good mood. The yellow, <laughs> the yellow thing in the sky is glowing, which is nice. <laughs> you mean you can see it? Wow, that's good. I know, <laughs> I know. It's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah. We've had a, uh, a rough winter, and... Uh, I can remember at the beginning of May looking at my uh, at my uh, phone and it said it was minus one or something like that. And I was thinking, like, what, what kind of country do I live in that it's <laughs> minus one in the middle of May? It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, John, um, I want to get into uh, our discussion today. Um, I've read your book, which is great. We'll, we'll give that a little plug a little bit later on. But um, just for the purpose of um, enter, you know, uh, introducing you to the audience, can you just tell us briefly what it is that you do? Well, first and foremost, I'm a property investor. I've been investing in property for, for quite some time, uh, well over 10 years. Um, but what I tend to do now and what I've done pretty much from the start is I use data uh, and, and information technology to help me and to help other people to buy high-performing properties, the ones that perform better than, 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 than the average um, so that's that's my that's a, a large amount of my time is spent on that at the moment, and I absolutely love it. It's really exciting. That's brilliant, and it's a it's it's something that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. So yeah. it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today because there's a kind of um, uh, there seems to be in in property circles that somebody says, oh, you know, the market's booming, and they they kind of mean that as in the entire market is booming, and so mm. you should just be out there buying, buying, buying. But you push back on that, and you talk uh, about. 
Absolutely. using data to be become kind of very targeted and become like a sniper and mm. pick specific locations. Can you tell us a little bit about how that uh, system works? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing that I started out with when I first began investing in property was avoiding risk. So I have a background in insights, retail insights, and I work right through that industry in all different roles, advising and, and providing reports and information and insights to make informed decisions. And I thought, well, if I'm going to spend a large amount of money, certainly at the time when I started, a large amount of my own money on an investment, I want to, I want to have, a, I want to have a, an idea of how it's likely to perform going forward. Um, and if it is going to perform badly, obviously, I don't want to buy it. And if it's going to perform well, I do want to buy it. It's simple. Um, but there wasn't really any data out there. There really wasn't anybody that was showing or educating or teaching people how to do that. So I had to kind of teach myself how to do it. Uh, and because of that, that's enabled, that enabled me back then to buy uh, properties that were less likely to perform badly, more likely to perform well. So that enabled me to grow and expand expand uh, and, and and get to a position where I, you know, I was obviously able to leave corporate world, uh, do some things that I wanted to do with my life. And also uh, later, latterly or you know, more recently, I should say, uh, actually share that information with others. But it all started with me avoiding the, the, the risk of it being a poor performer uh, and focusing on increasing the likelihood of me finding a high performer high performing property it doesn't matter where in, you know i could have done it anywhere in the uk anywhere in the world really um but just understanding you know what 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 is likely to cause the thing that i'm buying or i'm controlling to change and become of more value and that's 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 basically what i've what i've worked to do and what i talk about a lot <laughs> that's an interesting one i mean can you just give us uh, some specifics around i mean let's just take um, you know, a, a, a standard property in the UK. I mean, there is obviously it's a big country. There's a big population. You know, what would kind of data would you be looking at? What would be the first, say, three places that you go to for data? Okay, so um, the the main thing that we all need to understand, the main thing we all understand, is that the property values are determined by demand. So the first piece of data, the first piece of research that I always work on and I work with other people on is understanding what demand looks like. Now you've got a bit of a choice as a property investor and we all seem to approach this choice and go in a particular direction. You can either do the research yourself or you can ask experts for their opinions. And unfortunately in our industry, the vast majority move more toward the asset experts for opinions. And that could be someone who provides property training, uh, a large property portfolio owner, it could be the estate agent. But what we have to be aware of is that there's always a risk in that, that it's 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 kind of out of date or it's skewed by someone's opinions and someone's emotions and, and someone's mindset as well. So And their um, motivation as well at the end absolutely. of the day. Yeah. Estate agents is, is the best. I mean, how many people do I encounter every week who, who, who hear what the estate agent says and just accept it? I mean, you know, these guys are commissioned uh, sales enterprises that are looking to get your business they're going to tell you what you want to hear in most yeah, exactly. instances so yeah so I, I always try and move people away and actually look at like do some demand forecasting ourselves and that can be as simple as you know, going onto one of the search portals and looking at the, looking at where the rental prices are moving so are rental prices going up or going down uh, and how many properties are listed and how the listings are changing and it sounds very basic that but that was 
that 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 type of analysis, that that demand forecasting, really helps you to understand where the market's likely to be moving forward. And you know, we we scale that up in Ultimate Landlord and the research that I do, but it's very much all geared around or sort of orbits around the same principle of is there demand in a particular area. The second thing that I would encourage people to do is look look don't just look at one area. Uh, look at the whole area or, or the whole area in which you're prepared to invest in and that could be the whole of the United Kingdom and it could be the whole of a particular postcode area or the whole of a particular county it doesn't, doesn't really matter you determine what your scale and where you're prepared to invest however when you do the data analysis you need to compare at a very very finite level so you know from, from my experience I've found locations that are maybe just a mile or two from one another where there's a va- vastly different level of opportunity a vastly different level of growth and if we all take a step back for a moment and think about what goes on around us we, we see this day in day out throughout our lives whole markets don't move at the same rate prices don't all move at the same rate they they vary depending on external factors the most obvious one in property is demand so we can see that we can also see things like um, average household income now as we as we're chatting today we're going we've, we've just come out of or we're, or we're still dealing with the aftermath of coronavirus and the it's drastically changed the the, the sort of employment landscape and the business landscape uh, in a way that i could never have imagined i don't think any of us could have now that change will require the market to change as well and people talk about oh market's getting overheated uh, it's not working very well blah 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 or it's you know it's 11 percent up well it's brilliant yeah but it's not the same everywhere some locations are seeing significant growth some locations are seeing relatively averaging sorts of growth and some locations are not seeing growth at all in fact there are locations as we sit here right now in a market that's growing at sort of eight nine percent there are locations that are actually in decline I yeah i've actually <laughs> i've seen that here actually there's been a report in in ireland that the um that the general market is kind of running away um you know it's on fire but in dublin there itself there's actually been negative growth um in, yeah. in rents and stuff like that so it's interesting uh, i mean and what would you say i mean there's so many questions because the market <laughs> like COVID, has had this incredible shock to our system to the to the whole world really but you just look at the property market i mean i was predicting a big crash and i was saying it's always delayed (laughs) and all this and and here we are looking at prices like running away with us and i'm trying to get my head around what is it that's is it demand or is it you know the the risk of inflation or what do you think are the kind of drivers that are kind of pushing prices up the way they are this is that that is the that is the million dollar question that one uh, billion so, dollar question <laughs> so yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um, you know casting my mind back eighteen months ago um, I was sat here in this office and I was looking at the data and I was thinking I cannot see any indication that property prices are going to fall even though the, all of the industry all of the media even the bank the banks were all saying it you know they were pulling out thinking about pulling products and all that sort of stuff that was going on. And I'm sat here looking at my report saying, suggesting it's going to be an up- uplift in values. And it, it was it was a scary moment for me because I thought, if I say that and it doesn't happen, I'm done. <laughs> uh, but I did it. I thought, no, I'm going to I'm going to be guided by the data, which is a term that's used far too much at the moment. But I was going to be guided by that. And I published and I said, the market's going to increase. And it's going to increase at a, rap- at a more rapid pace as we move through 2020. And I was, that was proven right, which was great for me to improve my 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 standing and, and the respect for me. But most people assumed that, that the market would fall. 
Now, the reason the market didn't wasn't going to fall and didn't fall is because there, there are some sp- very specific um, mechanics in, in most property markets that determine whether or not it will grow or it won't. And one of the one of the key determinants is availability of stock. And I saw availability of stock falling off a cliff because people were not listing their properties. Yeah. Properties couldn't get refurbed. Developments weren't getting done. So we had, or we, if you imagine, you've got a shop full of full of stock. If you imagine, if you're a, a retailer and you sell out of all your stock, um, doesn't matter what's going on around you. The next time you get a delivery, everybody's going to want that stock. Yeah. Yeah, so if I run out of milk in my supermarket and I don't have milk for a couple of days, and then I open my doors back up again and go, oh, I got milk now, uh, it'll it'll fly out the door. Everyone will panic by it. We saw it with toilet rolls. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. A lot of people didn't predict that aspect. I saw the furlough schemes and I saw all of the kind of the unemployment that was happening and the businesses shutting down as the main driver for kind of a massive crash. But you say it's a convenient description it's a convenient because it sounds from our, we're predisposed to do this we, we we look for solutions as human beings we look for solution the simplest solution to a problem the mm. easiest explanation and the easy one was oh well actually you know we've got this new thing happening that must be the reason why it's safe so i mean the other one was in the united kingdom we had stamp duty holidays we didn't have them all over the united kingdom we we, we certainly didn't have them for second homes in wales so there was people standing up on stage going oh you know once once this goes the market's going to fall well as we sit here today the fastest growing location for property prices in the united kingdom is wales and wales hasn't had a second home stamp duty holiday so we can actually throw that one in the bin because it's not the reason mm, um there was going back to the question about you know what, what was what was what else why 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 hasn't the market crashed and why is it not likely to crash um i can kind of answer that with with some research that i've been working on for years and that's that's about the availability of credit and the availability particularly of property credit or property finance um over the past uh, 30 or 40 years and where that where where that availability is restricted that causes a reduction in house prices and where the availability of credit is increased across the board now not just not just on property but property is part of it but when availability of credit and credit uh, rule relaxation is encountered or interest rates are reasonable you know those sorts of things that's that that causes markets to grow so we've just we, we, we've had We've mentioned furlough. That's 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 an element of credit. We've had we've had uh, business interruption loan schemes. We've we've got. And I couldn't dream of going to the bank three years ago and asking them to give me some money. They would tell me to go away. Now they can't stop sending me letters, ask offering me money at a cheap rate. So we're in a we're in a credit credit change, which also drives values in upwards. So both we've got we've actually got two pretty powerful mechanic uh, sort of levers that are, that, that are in in the machine that are causing an increase in property. Man, there are several others, and they're just the, they're really the main ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I like to try and keep things as simple as I can, so I'm not going to go into any more detail on <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on it's, <laughs> it's fascinating though, just to think that you, you could see this in the data, and so many of the commentators out there were kind of saying the complete opposite. And um, yeah, well, we must, um, I mean, get into some of the uh, some of the specifics. I mean, yeah. for example, like you've got Zoopla here in Ireland. We've got, um, you know, uh, we've got different websites, obviously, like we've got one called Daft and stuff. So you, do you use these kind of portals to kind of harvest the information and the data that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, there are some aggregation tools that are out there at the moment that enable you to, you know, if you've got multiple um, uh, sites, you can sort of aggregate them all down into one i do a combination of you know getting the data direct from those sites 
using aggregation tools. I also use a lot of uh, government published data as well. Key one is also, um, I didn't mention a moment ago, is you know affordability. You know, I ask myself the question: Is an area affordable um, when I'm investing as well? Because if it is, if it's very, if it's a very affordable area, I you know average household incomes are growing, and then that really helps too. So, so yeah, depending on where you're investing. Uh, will depend on what what data you look at, but the specific getting back to specific data, not necessarily the names or or source of the data. We want to look at demand, and we want to look at the relative affordability of property. So you know, a good example at the moment is property. The media loves to hype up how expensive property is now, how unaffordable it is, uh, and I look at the cost of service and that that debt that you take against the property, and the cost of service and that debt is the lowest it's been in the United Kingdom since 1978. Yeah, actually, it's so funny you say that. Property. We've got something similar here in Dublin where you can rent a property or you can buy it and servicing the loan is actually less than the rent. And uh, it, it, it wasn't always like that. And so it's come to the point where you're kind of like seen as foolish if you're renting. Why, why aren't you buying just paying down the mortgage? Because it's cheaper than, than the rent that you're paying. So it's, um, and so that's kind of, and how do you find those? I mean, in terms of a specific example, do you compare, you know, month with month to month or, so that's what you do. So you can kind of, yeah, just... so I'll ho- I mean, I do the whole, I do everything. I do the whole, whole, whole of, whole of the United Kingdom. Uh, and I do some, some, some other, other uh, locations as well. Uh, doesn't matter where I'm doing it. What I want is to understand the, the market and what, what the market looks like. Yeah, uh, we talked about rents a moment ago. People always say, "Well, why don't you look at house prices, John?" And um, it's because I, I want the freshest, most up-to-date data I can get my hands on. So, if 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 I don't know where where I'm sat here now in Wales, if if there's suddenly a, a large employer open up nearby, uh, and they create you know a couple of thousand jobs, um, I want to be able to see that. I want to be able to know that. Now, it's not always possible if you don't live in the location or you're not fully up to speed on a location and you haven't got access to plan and all of the complex stuff that we all try and try and do. So I just simply go, all right, if something's going to happen, if, if that factory's open up in here, it's going to create a demand for housing. Where am I going to see that demand first? I'm certainly not going to see it in the property purchase market because it generally takes three to six months to get a property purchase through through yeah. through all of the you know the, the 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 legals and stuff. But if I want to rent a house, I can probably do that in about four to six weeks. So if I see an inc- spike in demand in rent, I can pretty much confidently say that I'm likely to see a spike in house prices at a later stage. And that's really important right now at the moment with, with, with all of the change that's going on everywhere, people working from home, offices closing and giving people the opportunity to work from home. People are just t- making different life choices and different decisions as to where they want to live. Uh, and nobody knows where people are going to want to move to or where they're going to live. It's just too complex a set of data to, to unpick. But if you can see where the demand is starting to spike, you can get a good indication of where house prices are likely to go. So if rents are increasing quickly because people can move more quickly then house prices are likely to follow so i, I would encourage everyone um t- to start doing that if you're not already stop looking at house prices because that's what the media loves to publish and talk about and we all get excited about but start looking at rent demand because that's the quickest it's a piece of insight you can get into into a sort of a residential market it also helps with commercial as well because if you know if you're looking to invest in in land or you're looking to invest in retail sites again you're going to want to see that the population is what's changing in the demo, demographics of the population as well you know if you're if the rental market is mostly hmos or small small units small cheap units then then you know you're probably not going to want a high-end uh, very expensive retail operation uh, if it's more three four bedroom larger properties luxury apartments that sort of stuff then you might have a different thought so 
you know, getting that data to hand and it's not hard to get at you know you just you can go on a, on a search portal list all the rents make a note of the average for a postcode area for a property type and then compare it the following month that, that that's all you need to do but nobody well very few people do it so john when did you sort of come across this did you i mean was your first investment very very kind of carefully made or did you kind of like, like some of us make mistakes in our first few deals did you sort of do all of this data analysis and kind of carefully select exactly <laughs> Tell i was terrified <laughs> i was terrified i was really scared and i think most of us it's it's not popular we all like to talk about how great everything is and how, how, how wonderful it'll all work but you know i'm that's not me i, I was i was sat there in my office, in my day job, my corporate job, absolutely terrified. What am I doing here? Why am I doing this? This is risky. All right. I just wanted to be, I want, it was around about just after the credit crunch. So it was, it was, I, I dabbled in the past uh, with some property in the early 2000s, but, um, you know, this was me taking it seriously and wanting to, wanting to build a portfolio. And I was absolutely terrified of losing my money. I couldn't afford to lose the money. It was my savings. It was my life savings. So, and it wasn't a lot. It was, it was a small, relatively small amount of money. Um, so I wanted to make sure that if I put that money in and I'm, what I'm actually doing is I'm leveraging that money, trying to get higher returns, but also that leverage can work in the opposite way. It can also cause, cause a, a, a higher loss. Um, I wanted to be sure that the property was going to go up in value, even though I was going to rent it out and I was going to get cash flow from renting it out, a basic buy to let property. I wanted to make sure that that property would increase in value. So I, I wanted to I wanted to invest in a location and a property type that had a high probability of increasing in value in a difficult market. Mm. And that research enabled me to invest in a particular market. I bought one house. I, I then did another house. I then did another house. And, they, and I was recycling that money each time. Um, so I know a lot of us will be aware of that type of strategy where you buy, you refurb, and you refinance. Yeah, the BOR. I added a, yeah, and but I added a, I had a, I had a, 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 another, another element, another dimension to it, which is buy, refurb, refinance, and let the market make me money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, like just like investing in shares, like investing in, in currencies, I wanted the market to work for me, and I quickly learned that it was a hell of a lot easier to allow a market to do the work for you than to pick up the the building the building equipment and the building materials and the tools and have to go do that and be completely dependent upon that. So as time went on, I then just grew my portfolio um, by taking a very similar approach and investing in different locations out of my comfort zone a little bit, relatively local to me initially, mm. but out of my comfort zone, places I thought I wouldn't buy there. I'd never buy there. That can't work. But that was the emotional side. It wasn't the logical side of my head that was that was working there. When I put the logic into it, and I could say, oh, actually, Makes take sense. my biases away. Let's Let's just go and invest. And I made really good returns by doing that's, that. That's great to, to hear that because one of the things that I kind of, I suppose, preach is the, is the kind of the, the, the importance of knowing your emotional sort of attachments to <laughs> a, a project or a deal or something like that. And you can allow your emotions to talk you into something that shouldn't, that you shouldn't do. And then equally, like you're just describing there that your, your emotion can talk you out of it. And you can mm. think, Oh geez, you know, I don't, I don't know my gut instinct tells me not to do this, but the data <laughs> tells you a different story and you should sometimes just trust the data. 
the problem the problem with the emotional side is it's really loud and it's really powerful and it sort of can dominate so it, when it's shouting at you and it's it's also fast as well the emotional response is much faster than the, the logical response so the emotions got all of the noise all of the power all, all all of that and it's also really quick so it just goes oh don't do that and you just got to take a step back sometimes it's like last year when 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 the coronavirus hit everyone was really emotional you know we'd been locked down we were we were stressed there was the unknown and you know, the emotional was, you know, I think this is going to happen. This is what I think will happen. This is what I think. Well, whenever I hear I think, I just, I, I immediately just sort of, sort of recall, go, okay, show me you're working out. <laughs> Why do you yeah. think that? And when you unpick that, you sometimes can find ah, there's nothing behind it. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that's, uh, <laughs> you've hit a nerve there with me. <laughs> Logic first. Two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom. I mean, does that, is that clear in the data as well? Yeah, you can separate. And, and frankly, the most important thing right now is understanding what property type works in what location. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to pick on any one location because there are several. But, you know, I get people come to me and they say, oh, you know, so-and-so had a really good result in that, in that, in that city. They've, they've, done, they've made a kill and they made, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of pounds and they did really good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the same strategy. And I, I immediately just, just sort of can fear my head dropping into my hands just think okay let's unpick that so the person's already made the money so that was a long time ago uh property is moving very quickly at the moment uh also you haven't done any research you're just following someone you're going to invest hundreds of thousands of pounds of your own money and you're going to invest loads of your own time with no insight into whether or not that area has already been through a growth cycle and has leveled off or if it's actually going to go into decline and you know do you really trust the person do you how well do you know him you know how the person that you've spoken to all that sort of stuff yeah um just drives me mad so it, it it's got to be you've got to be able to understand the type of property that is going to perform best in the locations where it's likely to perform best so i buy four bedroom properties and i rent them out and i have hmos and i rent them out i wouldn't dream of having my four bedroom standard single let properties where i've got my hmos and i wouldn't dream of having my hmos where i've got my four bedrooms uh single let properties. and what about apartments does that um feature in your portfolio Yes, uh, I do. Uh, I'm actually developing some at the moment. So, uh, yeah, that's, a, 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 that's part of what I do. I mean, I, I've got quite a diverse portfolio now, sort of HMO, single let, and um, some, some sort of retail office type stuff as well, do a bit of land. Um, the honest truth is, um, in all of this, is it totally depends. You can have a strategy, that's great, but it totally depends on whether it'll work in a, in a location. So I would, you know, I, I always go back to when people say, you know, I'm going to buy HMOs for cash flow, or I'm going to I'm going to do ground up development. I go, well, that's great, but you know, what areas have we identified where that that outperforms the other options in the market? Because what's the point in doing something that doesn't work as well as a different type of product or a different type of pro- uh, property in an area? So my my portfolio is diverse because my portfolio is very very uh, specific to the needs of the location where I'm investing. Um, so, you know, apartments, there are apartments being thrown up in some cities. Uh, there's, there's far too much supply. There's one city which I'm very familiar with where we've increased the HMO stock, uh, the room stock by 42%. And the role of the role of the, the, the attendance role of the university has dropped 14. Wow, yeah. What what a mistake! And that's not just down to us. That's down to planning. It's down to it's down to to, to, to authorities. It's down. There's many things. But you know, do you want to play in that market? I don't want to play in that market. 
I'd much rather yeah, go down a road and get a better return somewhere else. It's a difficult one because it's. Uh, I was looking here in the Irish market. St- student accommodation was the the hot asset. You know, everyone was piling into it. All of the big kind of international student funds and stuff were piling in, mm-hmm. and I would say everyone's kind of licking their wounds after the last twelve months because you know most of the students have all gone back home and uh, international students as well. So it's. Well, who, who, I suppose the question is, how many of of those people who have invested into the student market have actually taken the time to get the student uh, roll numbers from the universities local to those properties and considered is it going up or down? Because again, it's just demand. Now, if the demand, if if don't get me wrong, if the university's got an increase in roll and it's it's investing and all that, brilliant, fill your boots, invest. But if it's not, and a lot of them aren't. <laughs> Why would you play in that market? It's, it's like buying, buying, buying bread in that shop that I just mentioned, where I've run out of milk. I'd rather be the, be, be the milk supplier than the bread supplier. Just, just do something else. But we, yeah. we, that's the reason why the market, the, a lot of property mar, a lot of the property market is broken. It's because we don't, as as an industry, match supply with demand, and that's a fundamental failure of the whole market is the reason why it gets itself into a bit of a mess is because we just don't react quickly enough to change and, mm. and now data helps you to do that yeah, it's a very good point um with some of the data that i'm he- hearing so it's not <laughs> not data so to speak but there's a lot of talk about um the big cities and and the big kind of areas where main employers are based that there's a drop off in properties there and that people are kind of buying in the countryside and rural areas <laughs> and that they're trying to, you know, that they're thinking that work from home and remote work and all that is going to be possible. Are you seeing that in your data? In some locations, yes. Not everywhere. And it's not, I don't make it, it's, again, it's a convenient answer to a more complex question. What we're actually seeing is a rebalancing of the property market affordability, in my view. It's, op- it's a catalyst for opening people's eyes. The other thing, and this is really important for everyone that, that's investing in the UK at the moment, is to understand the impact of the 95% or above loan-to-value mortgage. Because the challenge that has always been is the inability of, it's not that people can't afford to service the debt when they when they take on a mortgage and own their own property. It's the barrier to enter in that market. That barrier has been pretty much, uh, well, it's certainly lowered. It's almost removed now. Uh, so... I am seeing in my data quite a lot, and well, not quite a lot, an awful lot of activity at the lower end of the market. Uh, and that activity is predominantly driven by first-time buyers and people looking to get on a housing ladder. Um, that's very interesting because I could have two, two, two specific impacts. One, it could um, cause an, a slight slowdown in rent, but I'm not seeing that. Uh, two, it, it provides liquidity to the to the property market, which enables people to move up the ladder, down the ladder, across different locations. But the, but that it's very it's very specific to certain locations in certain cities, and the reason for that um, we can try and unpick. But we'll we'll still be here in four months' time. It'll be too late. We just need to understand that it's happening. We need to look at where that demand is occurring mm-hmm. uh, and act upon it. So while well, when I say you know looking at rent is one element, you can all, there are also other data sets that we can look at too. Uh, but uh, I, the shameless plug yeah, I do I, I do help people and, and teach people to do that <laughs> so if, yeah. if anyone wants to learn about it uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to help <laughs> yeah I'm going to put um, links in the show notes to your website and stuff like that thank you, thank you. I, I was going to ask in, in ter- I mean that's actually interesting what you say about the banking and the the 95% because we the Irish economy went through such a shock after the 2008 crash that they've done away with all that and mm-hmm. 
they actually got it made it at one stage it was 20% deposit was mm. the minimum that you could have in order to get into the market and of course 20% on an, on an average house price of like 400,000 that means that you know your average couple have to save up 80,000 and that That's is not right. an easy thing to do and you know you got to get parents to help you out and all that kind of stuff and um, it has a big impact on the market and it means that there's a lot of a lot more people living at home with their parents much later than they would uh, or else you know obviously renting for much much longer than they previously would have okay. so it's interesting how it's all popping up and um, we were just talking about your website there i mean mentors the importance of them and uh and you know the so-called gurus that are out there give us your views on on all of that <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh oh gosh it's, it's it's a bit it's a bit broken isn't it a lot a lot of what happens in our industry i mean you know hands up uh i provide education i provide support services uh i do provide mentoring but i prefer to refer to it more as consultation i'm a business consultant now, if you're a property investor sorry it's not passive you are active don't believe in passive income you're an active property investor you're running a business if you're running a business you need to have insight as part of that business and sometimes you need an element of consultative services as well so i offer a bit of consultancy do i think do i like all of the get rich quick stuff absolutely not it, it, it drives me bonkers um you know it, it, it's it's an emotional sell really isn't it i mean we talk about mindset and you know well, look how rich you can become and how much money you can make and you know, it's really easy everybody wins well they don't uh, a lot of, i know of a lot of people that have lost uh, i know of a lot of people that have made some pretty poor decisions and they've stagnated or stopped um you know it, it isn't all glamour and excitement it's hard work and you've got to put that hard work in but if you do it right and you do it in a disciplined and structured way and you've got facts and evidence rather than emotional stuff and opinions and, and, and blah blah that. I think I think it's a fantastic industry to be in at a very very exciting time as well um, but do I do I do I like mentors uh, gosh. you do need a mentor in, in, in business I think everybody does uh, what I would say is is you know think about what you want to get from your mentor you know have they have, have you shared your business plan with them if you haven't got a business plan and your mentor is mentoring you I would have a bit of a question. Uh, now, I, I, I also <laughs> I also think the motivation of the mentor is important because there's um, there's guys that are just trying to kind of have as many students I guess you could call them or mentees on their kind of um, payroll as possible so that they they're making as the maximum but you know there's a quality that comes with you know the number that you take on at a time and if you take on you know 50 60 100 you know students it's very hard to kind of service that um if it's just you providing the service whereas exactly. you know i you know a kind of select group would be probably my preference yeah. anyway yeah i mean i in, in my mentor inside of my business is a very small part of the maximum we have a maximum rule of 12 so I, there's no more than 12 um because you know i as you rightly point out there, would I want to, can I offer value to more than 12 people now? So uh, I'm not, it, it, it's, if you have to wait till someone finishes their, their, their consultation with me uh, before there's a place comes up and you can join. So, you know, um, you know that I, I completely agree with you on that. You know, these, these farms are just farm out mentoring and training. And you know, sometimes I encounter people who've got mentors who don't even own property. You know, they, they haven't, they don't uh, <laughs> They're just being for a training course. Oh, I'm a property sourcer and this, uh, I'm going to do this. And I just think, you know, I, I used to work with large multinational companies. I, I was, I provided consultative services through data to massive brands around the world. And, and you know, and I just think, you know, I, I know the amount of effort and time I had to put into that. And I also know that if, 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 if 
if what I provided them didn't work, they could move on, use someone else, but it also wouldn't have a, a fundamental impact on their business. When you're talking about someone who's leveraging themselves sort of three or four times the amount of money that they put in and all of the money that they put in is, is, is you know, their, their future, their life, uh, I, I think that's a significant responsibility and it's a significant um, risk for you. If you're giving someone money and they're giving you what is in essence advice and support uh, and it's the wrong advice and support, so it's not relevant to you, then that, 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 I, I find that phenomenal yeah i hate the, i hate the term you know take action immediately do it now make it work that's a popular one make it work no you don't make a deal work. if a deal doesn't work a deal doesn't work you just say no and you move on you know sit, i see people sat there trying to make strategies work in locations where they don't work and i have to step in and go right i'll pick up the pieces here and we'll put it back together properly so that it works properly we'll start off with what the hell are you doing <laughs> yeah why are you doing it that way uh trying to force a, a round peg into a square hole kind of a thing yeah and you you, you must say gavin I mean, i'm sure you encounter it regularly and you know, i just the, 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 the absolute mess that is is created sometimes by, by some people but um yeah run have again so uh, i will i'll shut up on that one <laughs> Um, John, I just want to give you your book a plug. So Property Truth or Dare, um, the truth about property investing and the risks of daring to take part in the property industry. Um, what, you know, what motivated you to, to go and write a book um, with all of this? It's a, it's a great piece of work, by the way. Um, I just I was going through it there and, um, you know, you've got the glossary, uh, all of the terminology and then the data points and stuff like that. I mean, how much work to, putting that book together did it take? Is is that uh, is that your whole uh, process kind of filled <laughs> onto paper? It, I mean, it's 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 basically it's a it's a bit of fun. Uh, it's sort of poking uh, a finger at some of the stuff that goes on in our industry and just opening everyone's eyes to like, come on, let's guys, let's be more professional. Every book that I encountered was like, don't worry, you, you can make millions. Don't worry, you can make millions. Don't worry, you can make millions. Don't worry. I thought there isn't a book that says, don't worry. Uh, uh, sorry, there isn't a book that says be aware you could lose uh, so I thought well let's 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 have a let's come at this from a different approach let's say right you can make really good returns do really well in property but there are also risks involved as well and I want to talk to you about the risks and how to avoid those risks so that's really why I just thought it would be much more interesting to have a book that talks about the good and the bad and you can determine where you are on that on that scale um, spectrum uh, yeah yeah, and 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 I really, enjoy, I mean, it took me forever to write, Gavin. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a publisher, I'm not a, a true um, sort of author, author in in the truest sense of it. I'm not going to have a, a catalogue of uh, a dozen selling books. books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just wanted to share my view. I mean, I'm 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 a down to earth normal sort of guy. I I just want to spend time with my family and help uh, help my community and people around me. Um, and I just thought it was about time somebody just had, had a wrote something honest about the property industry because I felt a lot, not all books are dishonest. I'm not suggesting that, but it just, I found it difficult to find a resource that helped uh, me to understand how to avoid risk. And that's where I come at all my investments. First and foremost, I must avoid the risk. Once I've avoided the risk, then I can focus on the maximum return. Once yeah. Or if not avoid the risk, at least mitigate it as best as mitigate. Yeah. Yeah. Mitigate or avoid. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always risk in everything that we do, um, but you know, you can look at the probability uh, and the scale 
scale of that risk. So, you know, th- th- that, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. I want people to read the book, really. And <laughs> uh, in, in, in talking of risk, if, if again, for people who listen to this today, if they want a copy of the book, uh, I can do a free free copy. Just just the postage and packaging is all you've got to pay for. I'll, I'll make sure that there's, uh, there's, there's details for everybody. Um, okay, I'll put it on my uh, on the show notes, but um, that, that's uh, that's very nice of you. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put it in the show notes. That was good. That was one of my questions: was where where can they find the book? Is it on Amazon or is yeah, it- it's on Amazon. You've got a choice. You can you can pay um, seventeen euros and ninety nine, <laughs> or you can pay fifteen pounds and ninety nine, or you can get it for free and just pay for the postage. We think it's about about five pounds. So um, yeah, it's it, it's it'd be better to use the link that you put on. <laughs> yeah okay we'll do that john less and, risk <laughs> and, uh, john you're you're uh, the best place to find you um if people want to reach out to your to you know to learn more about your your education and your training courses and stuff like that what's yeah. the best place uh website's fine so that's uh, ultimate-landlord.com um you can also join our facebook group if you want to that's just just google ultimate landlord uh facebook and you'll find our group what, what's um, it called ultimate landlord ultimate landlord on, group on yeah. facebook okay on group. Facebook. yeah or you can go to our website we do publish a lot of the stuff that we do we we, we do here and we give away freely so it's it, i'm not i'm not a pyramid scheme that's gonna gonna sell through uh lots of different levels of you if you want the latest property market read for example that's free uh that's uh education one dot ultimate landlord.com or you just go to our website and you'll find it and i'll just tell you what's happening in the market at the moment where are the affordable areas of the uk what we forecast is going to happen next uh we've published we're on, we're on to our fourth version of that now um the previous three were very accurate uh and we forecast the surge in property values the quarter one this year we forecast the growth uh quarter four last year so we we've, 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 we've got a bit of a good track record but i mean i'm not suggesting for one moment that you have to take everything i say is true because i would actually teach you not to do that and do your own homework yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of a whole market it's really interesting and the the, the market is um, there's still people going around and saying, oh, you know, the market's just about to fall off a cliff. It's going to crash, you know, save your money, sell your houses and all that. And it's just depending on where and what you buy in, it, that might be true and it might not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just help you to answer that question properly. With the data, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, John, thanks so much. I'm uh, conscious of our time today and um, I wish you the best of luck. And I hope that uh, some of our listeners will seek you out and, uh, and start yeah. kind of yeah. taking some of this stuff on board. Hopefully we'll get back to whatever normal used to be uh, yeah. and we'll actually all get to meet up in person i really look forward to, to seeing people in person in the near, near future as well i am uh, very hopeful that we we're coming to the end of, of a very difficult time for everybody and you know huge opportunity for us all to to engage network learn from one another and and, and do well so uh, yeah if i can help with any you know on anyone's journey i'd be delighted to and i really look forward to seeing everybody very soon in person amen brother <laughs> thank you all right john uh, thanks so much for your time today and um we'll, we'll catch up in the next one look forward to it all right guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation with john i think it's definitely an approach you need to add to your list of things that you do when you're looking at buying a property get into the data analysis it's super important so look that's all for episode 58 of behind the facade thank you so much for listening as always my number one ask is for you to leave a review or simply share the episode with someone you think would benefit from it In the show notes, you're going to find links to all of the things discussed today and to John's free book and uh, his next workshop. 
And if you have any questions or topics you would like me to cover in future episodes or indeed guests who you think I should talk with, please let me know uh, in the Facebook group uh, Behind the Facade community. Uh, alternatively, you can find me on social media. The handle, as always, Gavin J. Gallagher. And that goes for the YouTube channel that I'm plugging continuously these days. Lastly, you can stay up to date with uh, events and in particular the Mastermind launch that's coming soon. And uh, just by adding your name to the email list and you'll find that at www.gavinjgallagher.com forward slash go. All right, guys, it's been a little bit shorter than normal this week. And uh, I hope that allows you to get back to work and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. Mm -hmm.